It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I know, like, the way I see myself, I see myself as... A franchise player, and I feel like I can't bring a lot to the table. I just scoring, making sure everybody get better every day, being a leader. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 21st, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about that man you heard at the top of the show, Jonathan Kuminga, who was in Orlando for a workout on Tuesday. We'll talk a little about what he brings to the table and why he thinks he is the star you need. We'll talk all about that coming up here in just a minute. Plus, I'll react to the eighth pick in the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. I'll explain a little bit more about why I made my pick, why I've been wavering a little bit since I made the pick. It was like a week ago that I recorded the pick and and, and, and officially made that pick, um, and why I think some of the criticism that was you know sent my way um, uh, during the broadcast is, is fair, but also a little bit off and, and not really something that I was thinking about, and and they probably would have made it no matter who I picked, because the Magic would have a lot of duplication of talent. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. Plus, the Milwaukee Bucks win the title, why the Magic have one of the keys to their to their championship victory. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Best searching gravity and all the podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Lando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks following their NBA championship victory? Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Thursday at 5 p.m. That's tomorrow at 5 p.m. to get in on the action and join the conversation. A lot to get to with just one week to go now until the NBA 
draft. So when we've talked about the fifth pick in the draft, um, besides the disappointment of falling to five and not getting a crack at what's really a strong top four, um, but for the longest time, this has been a top five. For the longest time, I, I know I said it on this podcast, I don't care where the Magic land as long as they get a top five pick, as long as they get a shot at one of these five guys. Over the course of the season, Jonathan Kuminga has fallen out of that group. It's become sort of a four-plus-one draft and possibly even a four-plus-two draft with Scotty Barnes now getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention and recognition um, as someone who could climb up into that top-five group. But every time I look back at this, every time I looked at tape of Kuminga, every time I looked at tape of Barnes, every time I looked at this cl- closer, it still struck me that what's changed? Why why has this group of five changed? What has Barnes really done, besides just show versatility and maybe be a little bit of a safer pick, done to get into that top group? And why would the Magic's thinking change? The Magic need a star. They need someone that they can build an offense around. They need someone they can build a franchise around. And as we'll talk about in a little bit here, This is the time to make a bold and daring swing. This is the time to go after someone with huge upside. And I know I will contradict myself a little bit later on with the eighth pick, but with the fifth pick especially, go get someone that you believe can be a star player. That's the key to everything. The Bucs don't win a title without Giannis Antetokounmpo being one of the five best players in the world, if not right now the best player in the world. The Phoenix Suns don't get anywhere if Devin Booker isn't one of the best scorers in the NBA. You need the best of something to win in this league. You need to be the best at something to win in this league. It takes elite talent. So why are we overthinking things? I can tell you this. Jonathan Kuminga is not overthinking things. You heard him there at the top of the show. He believes. He said... He is a franchise player. He has everything. He has this, this, you know, uh, he was the interview. Worked out with the Magic on Tuesday, uh, probably a Monday, Tuesday workout, a workout interview. Um, was made available to the media. And you could just feel this sort of, honestly, I would call it like a humble confidence. Like this guy knows he's still got a lot of work to do and still a lot to learn about the league and, and is treasuring every learning experience and wants to help his team be the best it can be. But there's that little bit of an edge, that little bit of self-assuredness that you could hear in that comment. I see myself as a franchise player. First, to be, I mean, not everyone who says that obviously becomes a franchise player, but the first step to becoming a franchise player is to want to be that kind of player. You can't be passive. You can't hide from the responsibility. You've got to want it. You've got to want that task, that responsibility, that that role on a team. And to me, the way Jonathan Kuminga came off is someone who has humility, has an understanding that he wants to learn, but has this confidence in himself. The confidence of a star. Now, that's just half the battle. The mental game is certainly a huge part of the equation and and certainly very, 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 very important. But that's half the battle here. Now he's got to put the skills on the court. And that's going to be the ultimate question. 
I won't say that Kuminga is going to run as a runaway hit or a runaway success or absolutely going to succeed at this NBA thing. He had his struggles in the G League Ignite, averaging 15.8 points per game and 7.2 rebounds per game in 13 minute and 13 games played. He shot just 38.7% from the floor on 14.3 field goal attempts per game and 24.6% from beyond the arc on a little bit more than five three-point three point attempts per game. Look, Shooting is his big thing. He has to become a much better shooter. Most people will tell you his mechanics look fine. It's just about confidence and repetition. He ain't afraid to shoot. And that's both a positive and a negative with him. Critics of him would say that his decision-making is a little bit off, um, that he sometimes forces shots, that he kind of settles for mid-range jumpers or for, or for contested jumpers instead of moving the ball or taking easier paths. And all that might be true. I'm not going to sit here and say that Kuminga is a perfect prospect. Of, of the four guys that we're talking about at the top of this draft, he is the biggest project. And then, of course, he finished the bubble with a little bit of a knee injury that he says he has worked through. The workout process is vital, then, to Jonathan Kuminga's success because he's got to prove both to, the, to, to, to management in interviews that he understands the game and what he's seeing and what he's doing wrong and how to get better. And then he has to go out and show it on the court. Might be in a one-on-zero setting and kind of a workout setting, but he has to prove that he has that next level, that he has that star mentality, that he has that that, that ability to improve on his skills. He said that he's been doing that. He said that he's been putting that work in. And for an 18-year-old who's still really new to basketball, you know, he's he's been playing for a while, but playing organized basketball uh, for a very, very short time. And certainly in the United States, so he's from he's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. If he's willing to put that work in, it's clear just how good he can be. Uh, I'll say my like I said, my shooting being real good. Uh, I feel more comfortable shooting any range, taking any type of shot because I put a lot of, put a lot of work in since I left the bubble, and I feel like my mechanic being real good. Kaminga added that that part of what he's done in his uh, in his training is to is to put himself in uncomfortable situations and kind of learn how to play more uncomfortably and and I think that's certainly something that a lot of young players have to learn how to do and something that he showed in the G League bubble that he has to do. Of course, it's one thing to say all this and Kaminga is saying all the right things. He's saying he wants to be a good teammate. He wants to he wants to you know be a better shooter. He wants to help his team win. He's he's putting in all the he's doing all the work that he needs to do to be a better player. Again, a big reason why the workout, especially for Jonathan Kuminga, is so important. He has to have a good showing to show that he's taken some steps, that he has put in that work. But making it all work on the basketball court is a much different question. It is the question that is that is kind of kind of pushing Kuminga around a little bit. That is kind of uh, kind of determining whether he's going to come into the Magic at number five or whether he's going to drop a little bit and be out of that top five group. At the end of the day, it, it just takes one team to believe in him, and I don't know if the Magic are that team. I personally, I think that Kuminga, I don't know if Kuminga can be a star, but I think the Magic need to swing for the fences, and I think that he's their be- he's the best shot that the Magic will probably have of getting the kind of starring player that they desperately need. If you're going to do a rebuild, if you're going to fall into the top five of the NBA draft, you better get a player with that pick, or you hope to get a player with that pick who can really contribute at a high level. Um, I do kind of think that Kuminga is either going to be a star player or he's going to be nothing. So this would be a home run swing where you're either hitting hitting it over the fence or you're striking out. 
Again, a big reason why the eighth pick is so vital and why the eighth pick, I think, should be used a little more conservatively. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Kuminga has this confidence, though, and you can hear it. You can hear just how much he believes in himself and how much he believes that he can be that kind of star player. And again, it's not boastful. It's not prideful. It says it all kind of -of matter-of-factly with this quiet confidence. And I think that's a good personality trait to have. To be in the NBA, you got to have a little bit of an ego. I'm not going to lie. You, you watch these guys play. It takes sublimating your, your ego to be part of a team and, to, and to, to sacrifice a little bit to help others. That's you know a big part of it. That's what Isaiah Thomas calls the secret. But to get this far, to be this good, you got to know when it's time to get your own. You got to know when it's time to take over. And you got to have players who are willing to do that. Young players especially have to learn this. Um, I talk about this a lot with Jonathan Isaac. I still believe wholeheartedly that if Jonathan Isaac had any kind of ego, had any selfish bone in his body, he would be he would have been at least the second pick in that draft behind Jason Tatum. Or he'd be the second best player in that draft behind Jason Tatum. I, I and, and honestly, in that draft class, he might have gone before Mark L. Fultz. Jonathan and again, I don't. I'm not saying that to, uh, to about Jonathan about Jonathan Isaac as a negative. I I love Jonathan Isaac as a person. I think he's a great human being. I don't want him to change. But on the court, yeah, he needs a little bit of an edge. He needs to go get his own sometimes. That's one of the things I'm interested in watching this season. Um, even though he'll be recovering from injury, I want to see how much he how much he blossoms as an offensive player now that some of the veteran players are out of the way. Kuminga has that mentality already, though. That's not something he has to be taught. That's not something he has to focus on doing more. If anything, what Kuminga's got learning how to do is how to manage an NBA game, manage a game, how to find how to find and pick his spots, and how to and and whether his skills translate to the league. But this is a kid who really believes that he could be one of the best, that he could be a really great player. This is a kid who knows how talented and gifted he is. And now it's just about putting all the pieces together. Uh, like, like you say, this guy's the real enemy. I don't see myself as the young guys in here. I see myself as a more mature guy. Uh, when it comes to the court, uh, it's pretty much NBA, no babies allowed. So I'm not going to consider myself as the young guy. I'm just going to consider myself as one of the players and keep up with the tough mentality and just get involved in the game and be a player that I want to be. Like with any draft pick, the proof will be in the pudding. The proof will be in how they play when they get to the league. At this point, everyone is making their best guesses. Some guesses will be good. Some guesses may feel a little safer. But someone's going to have to be bold here. Someone's going to have to take the chance. Someone's going to give Jonathan Kuminga that opportunity. And the question that Kuminga faces is what will he do with that opportunity? What will he do? What is he doing now to make himself better, to make himself into the player that he clearly believes he can be? Those are questions we can't answer here. Those are questions that he began to answer during his workout, which closed to the public. No one knows and no one sees. Someone's going to pick him, and someone's going to play him. And that's when we'll find out which answer was correct. For my money, as I've said, when it comes to the Kuminga or Barnes debate, I go with Kuminga. I go with upside. I go with talent. I go with 
the potential star. Because that's what the Magic need more than anything. And clearly, Kuminga believes he can hit that level. We'll talk a little bit more about the eighth pick in the draft and what I did in the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Magic once a week, so you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. And while I do try to play these on the Locked On Magic feed, sometimes there are technical difficulties. So if you want to interact with me directly and and be part of the show, this is your best way to do it. Green Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Magic podcast through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room this Thursday at 5 p.m. This week on Thursday at 5 p.m. Tomorrow at 5 p.m. So go, ahead, go download the free Green Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at P. Rossman Wright. That's P-R-O-S-S-M-A-N-R-E-I-C-H to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Thursday at 5 p.m. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orlando Magic. We'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's get back to the ultimate, uh, the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. If you aren't already listening to it, the first two episodes are up. The third episode should probably be up by now by the time you listen to this as well. Uh, the the Locked On NBA Ultimate Mock Draft, just search for Ultimate Mock Draft on your wherever you download podcasts. Um, and pretty much everyone in the Locked On NBA network uh, takes over their teams and we do a full mock draft, including trades. With the fifth pick, I took Jonathan Kuminga. We talked about him uh, on yesterday's podcast, talked about him a little bit more today. The eighth pick, though, caused a little bit of controversy. Um, and so I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into what I did with the eighth pick. Um, first off, yes, and I know I mentioned this yesterday, yes, I did try to package the fifth and eighth pick to move up. No one was interested in moving up. And, you know, I had the long discussion with Sean Woodley here on the podcast about moving up to four. We both kind of agreed it probably wasn't worth it for either team to do so. No deals were made. I stuck at five. And so a big thing that I've gotten at is draft strategy. Um, a little bit of chess going on here. Uh, going on here. Um with draft strategy, I definitely think that the Magic have a safety valve. Um, and that's really how I view the eighth pick in this draft. If the Magic are not able to move up, I do not think they should move down. 100% do not think they should move down. I got a few offers to move down. Um, the Kings dangled Buddy Heald out there. I tried to to say like, hey, what would, you know, what would it take to, to do a Buddy Heald deal? I'd be willing to move down to nine to grab him. Um, they ended up moving down to 10 to grab him. 
Um, so deals just a deal just never really crystallized. Uh, the deal that was made in our mock draft was Eric Bledsoe and and nine for our Eric Bledsoe and ten for Buddy Heald and, and nine. Um, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to beat that. I probably would have attached Terrence Ross or, or something like that to try and make that work. I don't know if the cap would work on that either, but um, we ultimately, you know, never really got around to discussions. I had the Knicks at 18. I had the Knicks offer me Kevin Knox in 18 to move up to eight. Uh, and I told them that's probably too deep in the draft for me to move down. I, I feel a lot less comfortable with players in the draft once we get past that 10, 11, 12 mark. Eight really is a sweet spot, I think, in this draft to get a quality player. But so I I kind of made the decision after I could, wasn't able to trade up that staying at eight was the right move. It was the right play. That I needed to make sure that if I'm going to take a big home run swing in Jonathan Kuming, and like I said, he is very much a home run swing. I like him. I think he can be a very good player, but I want to cover myself a little bit. I, I think the biggest goal for the Magic in this draft is to come out with at least one usable player. You got two bites at the apple. You got a fit. You got a one and two chance. You got two chances at this. You want two. You want two usable players, and you want that fifth player to be the fifth pick to be a really big player. But look, the Magic are going to struggle next year. I, I, I am not optimistic about the Magic making the playoffs next year. We'll be back in the lottery next season, and and at that point, then you can start thinking, okay, like how can we make sure we get a, a, a really good player. Um, it would not surprise me if the Magic are back in the deep lottery next year and vying for that top pick or, or one of those top odds again next year. So uh, that that context, I think, really matters in how we think about how we build this team up and how we use these picks. Again, I, I really think that you take a home run swing with the first pick and then you go a little safer with the second pick. I'm not saying go super safe. I'm not saying go for a specialist like Corey Kispert or Franz Wagner. I'm not saying go for a more veteran player like Davion Mitchell. I still want a guy with a little bit of upside. I still want a guy that could potentially grow into a better player, but I want someone that's going to contribute to my team fairly quickly or will be a, a key contributor to the team uh, in a more specialized role as he continues to build up. Um, I, want, I, want to, I want a guy with a high floor, uh, not necessarily a low ceiling, but a higher floor than perhaps what Jonathan Kuminga could give you or, or what you could get at the fifth pick. Um, I've had this conversation with a lot of fans I think you go safe with one pick and you go home run swing with another. A lot of fans have kind of said, um, you know, kind of pair, you know, I've kind of paired it this way. Um, and I've had people agree with me on this too. If I'm taking Jonathan Kuminga, I'm taking Moses Moody. Shooter, good defender, uh, you know, a, a good guy that predicts, projects as a 3 and D player. Showed he could score a little bit at Arkansas. Good, relatively good decision maker. Maybe not the best athlete, but I'm going to ask him to be the number one guy on my team. I just need him to provide a little bit of scoring and a little bit of three-point shooting especially with some of the other moves the Magic seem likely to make here in the near future. If the Magic takes Scotty Barnes with that first pick, um, and then I probably lean more towards James Booknight, someone with a little bit more star upside. The pairing of these picks, I think, really, really matters um, because you want to make sure that you're getting one guy that has that superstar potential and another guy that you feel fairly confident this is at minimum what he is in the league, and I can use that. Um, I did another mock draft yesterday. Um where you know I didn't have the fifth pick, or someone else picked the fifth pick for the Magic, they took Scotty Barnes, so I took James McKnight. It's that simple. In this draft, I took John, I took Jonathan Kuminga at five. I'm still sticking with Moses Moody at eight. Now I will admit that I am beginning to waver on that. I know I've been driving the Moody train. I'm a big fan of Moses Moody, um, but 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 James McKnight definitely deserves a very very close look. 
Um, that guy is a bucket. He can score, and, and that's simply what the Magic need. Um, I am still a little bit skeptical of what his floor can be. I mean, I think he's Trey, I think he could be like a Trey Burke type um, if he doesn't pan out. And that's a little bit lower than I'd like. Um, I don't need to take a home run swing here. I need a double. And to me, that's still Moses Moody, a guy who's had four, 28 point ga- four games of at least 28 points in college with Arkansas, led them to the elite, helped them get to the Elite Eight, um, you know, had some big games against quality teams like LSU and Alabama. Um, really just a really strong player, good three-point shooter, has the defensive tools and defensive length the Magic like. I, 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 think that he would, I think that he would be a really good pick at eight, just a really solid player to add to the group. And, and so I'm, I'm still kind of on that train. But, uh, you know, if you want to take James McKnight over him, that's a perfectly reasonable thing. I'm not against it. I, I like James McKnight a lot too. I just think his, steel, his, his, uh, his uh, uh, floor is a little bit lower and, and that, that, that scares me away a little bit, especially if I'm taking such a huge risk on Jonathan Kuminga. Our pals on the Ultimate uh, NBA Mock Draft, though, kind of criticized this pick, um, saying that you know taking Kuminga and Moody duplicates a, a, a lot of things on the roster, duplicates things on the roster, to which now I was a bit surprised by. Um, I think that even if I took Book Knight, you're, I'm duplicating something I have on the roster. You know, Maybe the Magic don't have a lot of traditional twos. Maybe I view Moody as a two more than a three. Um, or a, a capable of playing shooting guard more than as much as small forward, so I didn't see that duplication on the roster. But I think there's a, a big, you know, a, a big misunderstanding here, or, or just a kind of a not a lack of awareness, but 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 a lack of understanding of what the Magic need. Um, the Magic need shooting, um, and, and and they need two guards. They need wings. Uh, you know, they they said you know the Magic would have too many wings. I'm like, no, no, we, the Magic need more wings. We don't have enough wings. Um, Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki are both kind of three fours. They're they're more forwards than wing than wings, I, I guess. Um, you know, they, they they certainly can float between the four and the three, but the Magic don't have a lot of guys who can play shooting guard right now. They can play the two. Um, you know, right now they'd probably be going with Gary Harris, who I don't think is going to be on the roster very long. They have Terrence Ross that can play a little bit there. They have Cole Anthony and Marco Marco Fultz who can play a little bit off the ball. RJ Hampton's there, but this gets again to to, to one of the bigger issues that I that I've seen. Like, if the Magic aren't taking Moses Moody, who are they taking? And and how is that not going to duplicate something on the roster? James McKnight would fall into the same categories, you know, a little bit shorter than Moody, so he'd play the two a little bit more easily, but he would you'd run into all the same problems. Um, you could take Alpern Sangun. Magic have Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. I, I mean, I, I'm not completely sold that those guys are the future, and I don't think that a Sangun pick would be terrible, but... That leads to more problems too. That 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 that's going to lead to the same kinds of issues, the same kind of duplication of talent, duplication of position. One of the bigger issues the Magic are facing is they have too many young guys. They have too many guys that need minutes that they're not going to be able to find minutes for. Right now, there's a rotation of easily ten or eleven players that should play. You know, honestly, like including the draft picks, it's like ten guys that absolutely need to play and. You know, Steve Clifford was big on a nine-man rotation. Someone's getting squeezed out of the rotation. So to me, depth isn't a bad thing. Having more guys than you need is not a bad thing. Right now, you just need to collect talent and sort things out. I will concede the point that they made that, you know, maybe at eight, you should be taking another home run swing. I think that's a perfectly rational responsibility, uh, a, a, a rational um, analysis or a rational, um, a rational uh, uh, approach and strategy to the draft. Um, I don't think it's wrong. And I don't think James McKnight would be a real a bad pick in this in this scenario. I think that 
taking Book Knight at eight would be a, a solid pick. Not the pick that I would make, obviously. I, I'd go a little bit safer, but um, I don't think that that would be a bad pick either. He's a bucket. He's a scorer. He can help the Magic as, as a three-point shooter. Um, I, I think that he would certainly fill a need too, but I, I don't think the duplication is something the Magic are thinking about, especially with, when you come to a positionless NBA. Moody can play the two. Like, you need versatility. You need guys who can play multiple positions anyway, so you can just try all these different combinations and figure out what works. The Magic would be able to do that with Book Knight or Moody. So I don't think that criticism is is fair. The criticism that the Magic aren't going for another kind of starring player at eight, I think that's fair. I've I've explained my draft philosophy and and how I want to pair and tandem these two picks. So I get that completely, and I think that that's, that's a perfectly fair criticism of my drafting strategy and of my drafting method. Um, but there are a lot of guys that are super high on Moody too. I know Locked On Kings was pissed at me every single time we did a mock draft for taking Moody at eight. Did not like me taking him at eight um, every every single time. So uh, there, there are people that really like Moody. Um, you know, again, the Moody Book Knight argument, I, I don't see it as an argument. I think you're getting you're getting a good player either way, so I'm not going to be upset. I, I'm in the Moody camp right now. I lean more toward Moody. Uh, like I said, I, the more I've read about Book Knight, the more I've watched about him. I'm certainly leaning, I'm certainly wavering a bit and think Book Knight would be a really strong pick. If the Magic come out of this draft with Kuminga or Barnes and Moody or Book Knight, I'm going to be really happy on draft night, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I don't have, I don't share the same duplication concerns that uh, that the panel does on lo- the ultimate lockdown NBA mock draft. I think that Moody serves an absolute need that the Magic have. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals. We'll wrap things up with that coming up here in just a moment. But first, today's podcast is brought to you by our pals at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out because these are truly great bars. Coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Just just imagine all the different possibilities. And I can tell you, unlike some of those other protein bars, and I tell you, it tastes like cookies and cream. It tastes like cookies and cream. I remember trying a cookies and cream. It's one of the first bars that I tried and thinking, oh, this is, this is going to taste off. This isn't going to be good. And I bit into it and I'm like, oh, oh, that's good. I've never been a protein bar person. I've never been into those bars. I don't work out enough to have, to, to need them, to eat them. I love these Built Bars. They are my absolute favorite. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They come, in, they, they come with 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180. These are not meal replacement bars. These are snack bars to get you through your day, supplement you after workout, and get you back on your way. They only have 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by pals at rockauto.com. It's the summer here in Florida. It's raining every day. It's hot as hell. It, it takes a beating on your car. Cars in Florida get get beat down pretty, pretty bad, whether it's the heat inside the car, the heat outside the car. It's rough, and the weather changes here are rough too. If you're someone that takes care of your car, you need to get it ready for the summer. You need to have it ready for the heat. That's why rockauto.com is the best place to go to get the parts you need to take care of your baby. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. 
Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, like brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, car will ever need at rockauto.com. I want to close today's show by offering a congratulations to our pals at Locked On Bucks uh, and, and all the Bucks fans around the world on winning the NBA championship. Last night's game was truly a, a special performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo, scoring 50 points to lead the Bucks to a six-game series. Bucks and six, the prophecy fulfilled. Um, a, 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 a huge victory of the Phoenix Suns. Congratulations too to the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, obviously the Magic have been in that, those shoes of losing NBA Finals games. It is not a good feeling because you know how close you were to winning it, um, and that feeling doesn't go away. Um, as much as we celebrate the 1995 teams and the, the 1995 and 2009 teams, um, there there is an emptiness there. Um, there is definitely an emptiness there, and that that emptiness does not get filled because. Getting that far and that deep into the playoffs is not easy, and, and nothing is ever guaranteed again. One team gets to live forever in glory and memory. The other team slinks back and tries to regroup. And, you know, I remember looking at this when the Magic, uh, uh, I remember looking at this when the Spurs actually rematched with the Heat. Finals rematches are very rare. Getting back to the finals the year after losing it is very rare. Um, Suns fans certainly know that after the 93 finals. Um, it is. It is not easy to get that far, and 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 I would I would tell Suns that the hurt is real. I'm not diminishing that hurt. I'm not diminishing that pain. Um, the hurt is real, but remember and celebrate how special the season was. Um, I do think in our rings or bust culture, especially for the elite players, um, we lose sight of the fun that we have along the way and the journey that we have. And I'm, I'm a big believer. That the NBA is not about the desti- about the destination. Um, NBA champions are fairly easy to predict, and while we did have an unpredictable finals, we had first time champion first time champions on the Bucks. Uh, you know, obviously Giannis winning his first title, and a lot of us picked the Nets to win the NBA championship. The NBA is honestly one of the more predictable sports in the in the world, and I think what makes the NBA so much fun and enjoyable is the journey of getting there, of the the heart and the heart and heartbreak, the the struggles and 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 every and and stories and and just fun offbeat stuff that happens along the way, that's what makes the NBA special. Um, so I want to congratulate both finals teams for putting on, a, for playing a fantastic series, um, and and we're eager to see how those two teams grow because they are going to grow. They're both still very very young teams, um, even though they have reached the top of the mountain. Um, I want to put the focus. Though, I know I just spent a lot of time consoling Suns fans, but. I want to put the focus back on the Milwaukee Bucks and what they were able to accomplish. Um, Giannis obviously is just a special human being and a special person by all accounts. Um, certainly, his story is an incredible one, uh, and, and it's unbelievable that he has reached that that point in the mountain. And, and I think it is worth noting that in his post game press conference, he took time to thank former Bucks general manager and current Orlando Magic general manager John Hammond for believing in him and taking him. Um, you know, John Hammond obviously. A lot of his career is stake on he was the GM that drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. There are certainly others who are interested in taking him, um, but Hammond was the one that pulled the trigger and set up the atmosphere and the culture 
that ultimately turned Giannis from a scrawny, 50, scrawny 18-year-old kid from Greece into one of the best players in the NBA. And honestly, now we can probably say one of the best players in NBA history, certainly getting up on that list very, very, very quickly. A championship certainly changes how you discuss and talk about players of Giannis's stature. Um, it It's not all on Hammond, obviously. And he didn't see it to the end. Um, he didn't see it to the finish line. Um, Hammond was gone by the time the Bucks truly became contenders. And Hammond, as a general manager, made a ton of mistakes. Um, you know, but each but the thing you learn about championship teams is each brick builds on itself. Um, you know, go back and think about the Dwight Howard teams and how that team was built up. It wasn't sudden. Like the Bucks here, it was a slog to get there. When the Magic drafted Dwight Howard, they were going through a rebuild. They traded away Tracy McGrady. They had Steve Francis, who obviously wasn't a super great influence, uh, uh, probably in that locker room. They had a coach who was probably a bit overmatched in Johnny Davis. They cycled through Chris Gent. They went back to Brian Hill, who you know, taught, I think, good defensive discipline. Again, brick by brick, everything gets built up. Brian Hill, I think, was a big factor in teaching Dwight Howard how to play good defense. Um, and coaches like Clifford Ray and... And some of the coaches the Magic had in the meantime certainly helped him kind of visualize how to play defense. But the Magic under Brian Hill played this slow down pace. Um, not a lot of three-pointers. But they were great defensively, and that helped them return to the playoffs finally. A healthy Grain Hill helped too. But you go back and look at the Bricks too. The Magic trading up to get Jameer Nelson uh, in that draft alongside Dwight Howard. Um, signing Hito Turkoglu, which many people thought was a mistake. And I think at one time... Bill Simmons ranked Hito Turkoglu as one of the worst contracts in the NBA. That turned out to be a transformational signing for the Orlando Magic. When the Magic signed Richard Lewis in free agency in the summer of 2007, everyone believed the Magic overpaid signing him to a max contract, and maybe they did. But the Magic believed they needed that player, and they got him, and he transformed the team completely. You think about the sliding doors in this whole situation, too. Stan Van Gundy was in Sacramento to accept the Sacramento Kings job when Otis Smith had to go get to a had to fax him his contract to sign with the Orlando Magic. Billy Donovan nearly became the head coach of the Orlando Magic until he withdrew, allowing Stan, putting Stan Gundy back in the mix. Stan Van Gundy was obviously a truly transformational coach, turning a uh, a young playoff team into a serious contender, winning a division title for the first time in twelve years. Uh, getting out of the first round for the first time in 12 years, and then eventually reaching the NBA championship. Every decision, every little thing may seem inconsequential at the moment. But when you look back, even some of the struggles, even some of the difficulties, ultimately lead to a championship, or ultimately can lead to a championship. As the Magic is set to begin this rebuild, they're looking to begin laying those bricks once again. What will we say about Jonathan Isaac when his career is done? Will the ACL injury be a temporary setback, or will it be career-defining? Will those early play—I mean, Jeff Feldman has said it several times already—will those playoff berths in 2019 and 2020 be building blocks to show, like, hey, you can win in Orlando. This group may not have been the group, but we can get this team back to that level. Or will they just be little blips on the on the timeline, so to speak, little de- little deviations from from the timeline? It's hard to say right now. We, we don't know the future. We can't know the future. And obviously, we're talking a lot about the future with the Magic because of the draft and because of the young players on the team. But there is a lot to get to. And there's a lot more work to do. Um, it's, there's work to do, obviously, for the Magic. And to get to where the Bucks are 
is going to take a long time. It took Giannis, what, seven, eight years to get to this point? It's going to be a journey. It's not going to be an easy one. It's not going to be a short one. It's going to be a journey. But we're just starting that path. And when the Bucks picked Giannis Antetokounmpo way back when in 2012, uh, or 2013, um, they had no clue where it was going to lead them. They were just taking a chance on an 18-year-old kid who had never had smoothies before, who had never been to America before, who was you know, a few years earlier selling CDs and trinkets on the streets in Athens. You never know where this crazy world is going to lead us. You never know where this journey is going to take us. John Hammond had a hand in that. Can he do it again? Can he help the Magic do it again? No one knows. No one knows if the guy the Magic are about to pick is their next superstar or if that person is someone no one expects. But the Bucks are proof that truly anything can happen. And they are worthy champions. And I offer Bucks and the Bucks fans all my congratulations. Be sure, as, as we mentioned earlier, to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the ways on the podcast to so your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Right now on orlandomagicdaily.com, we have our top 10 games from the 2021 season. Be sure to check that out. Um, you can follow us there on Twitter as well, at omagicdaily. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked On Magic, this has been Phil Prosson Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.